and they hit well at their park and you see the ball better. You take batting practice at your park so much that you're used to that. The Astros got to kind of go in there and make their adjustments where the Braves are like, yeah, we've been here. We know what this is like. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. And we all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests, digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. All right, play ball. Hey, everybody. Hope you are doing well. Jason Dennis here with you, uh, ready for uh, Game 3 and beyond of the World Series, these next uh, three games happening in Atlanta. I'm a big Braves fan, have been ever since I was a kid. Uh, Growing up, I'm one of my sports heroes, along with Michael Jordan and uh, Dan Marino, was Dale Murphy of the uh, uh, you know really kind of lovable losers the Braves were at that time, but now they've they've won division titles like twenty of the last thirty years and uh, doing great. And um, we have a very special guest uh, talking about fitness, faith, and the World Series uh, today. He is former Major League Baseball All Star Glenn Davis who just so happens to live here in the Columbus, Georgia area where I am. In fact, he's been on city council for almost the last two decades. So we talked to him about uh, how he's actually rooting for both teams, believe it or not, uh, his former team, the Houston Astros, and the Atlanta Braves in this World Series. I'm actually going to be going to be live outside of Truist Park uh, for uh, ahead of Game 3 on the news on WTVM and WLTZ and WXTX, all three of our TV stations, ABC, NBC, and Fox, and so I'm excited about that. Um, so, and, and later in this podcast, kind of you know, kind of keeping with the baseball theme, uh, we're going to have uh, part of our segment stuck in my head. You'll see here, uh, get to hear me, you know, give my little little take on uh, the uh, a famous, I guess, baseball song "Center Field" by John Fogerty from formerly Creedence Clearwater Revival. And also, you know, a parting gift, some inspiration from one of the Braves and, and all-time baseball greats, Hank Aaron. Rest in peace. Um, so uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, Glenn Davis recently via Zoom, and uh, really cool. You know, it, it's just amazing, uh, you know, how, how much he's done in his life in terms of baseball and uh, city government. Uh, but, you know, giving back so much as well. Um, you know, like I said, he's a former Major League Baseball first baseman. Uh, actually hit uh, 20-plus home runs five years in a row, pretty impressive, finished uh, three times in the top 10 in the National League MVP ballot team. That Going back a little further, he uh, attended University Christian School in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, ended up playing one season at the University of Georgia, then transferred so he could get drafted earlier, uh, originally drafted in the 1979 Major League Baseball draft, but then selected uh, by the Houston Astros in 1981, signing him for just 50000 dollars not a bad deal at all so he's played for the Astros he's played for the Baltimore Orioles overall about 16 seasons of pro baseball about half that with the Astros uh, and overall in his career in the majors 190 home runs and more than 600 RBIs runs batted in uh, we I talked to him in our conversation you're about to hear about hitting a home run off to the New York Mets legendary uh, Dwight Gooden in his very first postseason at bat uh, in the 1980s, and so uh, and and then he was uh, traded to Baltimore uh, in the, the early 90s, uh, signing for a club record more than three million dollars for uh, one year. And uh, he uh, has his family here in Columbus, Georgia, where he's been on city council for the last 19 years with his wife, and they have three grown daughters. He's the CEO of the Cascade Group, where they develop hotels all around the area. Uh, He and his wife founded an organization, the the Carpenter's Way Ranch for Boys in the 1980s, so really dedicated to helping other boys and girls because he comes from a broken home himself and knows how important that is. And and he talks to me about how important faith is to him. 
and uh, how that really drives him, someone looking out for him amidst everything and some wrong choices he made. But also talks about fitness on and off the baseball field. You know, he had that regimen as, you know, a pro baseball player for more than a decade, and now uh, how he's trying to stay fit now. So uh, here is my conversation uh, as we look forward to these next few games of the World Series with uh, the uh, former Major League All-Star Glenn Davis. All right, well, I'd like to welcome uh, Glenn Davis, former Major League All-Star and current Columbus, Georgia City Councilman, uh, to uh, the podcast. Uh, Glenn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jason. I'm uh, glad to do it and uh, looking forward to it. Thank you for uh, having me. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the, the timing is good because um, this podcast will come out um, hopefully on the Friday morning on the eve of game three of the World Series. The Atlanta Braves, uh, just uh, you know, hour and a half, two hours down the road versus the Houston Astros, who you played um, you know, majority of your 10 year uh, major league career with. So uh, uh, first of all, I guess the question is, you know, and maybe this is a, a, a sensitive subject. Who, what, who are you rooting for? I mean, the Braves are <laughs> hometown team, but the Astros are, are your team. So is Jason, that- interesting you'd ask me that because that seems to be the question. That's the first question everybody's asking me these days. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, you know, I, you know, to be honest with you, uh, the truth is, I don't know, growing up, I don't know if I ever had a team that, that you know, that I was a fan of. I mean, there were certain players that I tried to, uh, image myself after or idolize. I really liked them. Was very few. wasn't really into the history of the game. I just loved playing the game. I loved the game. So I guess the best way to answer that is that I just like baseball. Okay, I think it's, I think it's an awesome sport. It's one of the greatest sports, if not the greatest sport that uh, that people have been able to enjoy throughout the years in this country. Um, I love the game. I'm a fan of the game. So I just love watching two good teams play. And that's what you have is two good teams. You have the Astros and the Braves. Now, I kind of feel like, to be honest with you, I kind of feel like the house divided. You know, I need a hat that says the Astros and the Braves. You know, and I just wear it because my family, my grandson, my grandson is a huge uh, Braves fan. So, you know, if we're not pulling for the Braves or pulling for the Bulldogs or the Falcons, I mean, we just love uh, we love sports. My one of my daughters was born here in Georgia. My other two daughters were born in Texas, by the way, in Houston when I was playing. So, uh, you know, there's different takes in the family. But look, Georgia is my home. I love Georgia. This is this is, you know, this is where I've laid my hat and I've always pulled for the Braves. I've always had that interest, but I have to admit, look, uh, you know, I played most of my career for the Astros. I started with the Astros. They gave me an opportunity, which I was so grateful for just an opportunity to play. I've had a chance to do some things that most people will never get the experience. And I, I look at that as a blessing, uh, they were good to me. I didn't want to leave. Um, didn't want to leave. I was traded. I didn't want to leave. Uh, spent 10, 11 years of my uh, career there, my life there. I mean, I went to I went to a lot of places and played baseball, uh, wearing the Astro uniform under the Astro, the Astros organization, and met a lot of good people, a lot of good friends, good baseball people. They were just good to me. They taught me the game. They taught me how to play at a high level. Some of the players, some of the veteran players were, uh, were really good to me that I learned, you know, quote from the old timers. That's what we used to call it. The old timers, uh, I learned to play from those guys. So yeah, the Astros uh, mean a lot to me. I mean, it's just, it's here, but I'm here in Georgia. Um, you know, it's my home. I like the Braves too. And the good thing about it is you got two good teams playing Great baseball. It's going to be great. Two different, two different type teams. It's just fun to watch. It's, uh, it's very, it's going to be great sports entertainment. And, you know, I'm just excited that we've got this opportunity in Georgia now, you know, the year was kind of crazy when you look at it from a political standpoint, both for Georgia and Texas, but we got a chance now we got the series, you know, and it's not going anywhere. And uh, it's fun. People are excited. I like that. I like, 
I remember when the uh, uh, when the Braves won before, you know, the excitement, just people just getting so involved and pumped up. But that's good for the game. But uh, baseball, I think, I look at all the other sports, and, you know, baseball is just an incredible all-American sport. It is. Um, you know, there's some changes here and there that's happened in the game. Do I agree? No. There's some things I don't like. There's some things I do like. But for the most part, there's tradition, uh, there's history, and uh, it's just good. It's a great sport. And, you know, I, I hope that uh, I love watching these young kids play. I young, love watching these young kids get excited about the game. So, you know, I'm kind of – I'm pulling for the game, all right? I just love the game. So, I'll just say I like both teams and may the best team win and may we get some good baseball out of it. That's what we deserve. Actually, the fans. I'm glad the fans – I'm pulling for the fans because the fans are getting to see uh, – it's a treat. You know, it's a fall-time treat. After last year, you know, COVID, all this stuff that's happened, now we're getting to see some – some great baseball. And the other thing is too, I'd rather have these two teams. These are great organizations, by the way. I'm not sure. I, I don't think either team's going to win three in a row. So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens, but we, I want to know. Let me, let me just say, you know, that's a good point you make. I mean, you know how hard it is to win uh, three games and sweep a yeah. team, good teams. I mean, really good teams. If you get two, you better be thankful if you get two. I mean, that's what you shoot for. Sweeping three would be nice for the Braves because they win the World Series, but winning three is going to be, gosh, against the Astros, uh, they're just a good team, and it's going to be very difficult. If they do that, if the Braves do that, then they have won this thing, and they can truly say they're the best team in all of baseball. But, uh, you know, the Astros are going to come in, and they're probably looking for one, you know, trying to get back to – uh, you know, there's a lot of strategy in the game right now, trying to get back to Houston. They're going to want to do that and uh, look like they got cranked up a little bit. The good thing for the Braves was, uh, I guess they showed the Braves last night that, hey, you know, don't count us out. We've come to play, but uh, the Braves are going to have to turn it up a notch. But the good thing is they're coming back to Atlanta and they hit well in Atlanta. And that's going to be tough for the uh, tough for the Astros. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your career and kind of, you know, the ups and downs. And, and I wanted to talk about, you know, your involvement in the, in the community and, and, um, and, and also, you know, for you, you know, we talk about fitness, talk about, you know, kind of staying fit post baseball, but also wanted to ask you real quick about, you're talking about Georgia and, you know, fans of Georgia sports have been let down so many times, so many examples. So I mean, what do you think this means for the state, for Atlanta, even for Columbus to have the Braves back in the world series, you know, 22 years later, you know? Well, Jason, that's a good question. I'm going to start off with politics. I know baseball and politics don't don't mix, but, uh, you know, the, I was really frustrated, really upset about what I saw in the game about how politics eased in during the uh, All-Star game, and that was just not cool for, for anybody. I'm just telling you, it wasn't a good thing. And, uh, you know, may not understand it all, but what happened was just wrong. It should have never happened. And, even though, you know, the thing about it is the All-Star game, I tell people, even though it was a sacrifice somewhat for whatever reason, um, you know, that was a year Atlanta earned that. It, it needed to be here and it just needed to stay out of all the uh, the political, uh, you know, hogwash that was going on throughout the state. And, and via, you know, some of these things are important. So I don't I, I'm not making light of that. I'm talking about baseball. Um, but, you know, we lost it. And in the scheme of things, that was, I mean, it was really, it was minor. All right. It was so minor. That's what made it so trivial. So minor because you're talking about one game, one game and you get the same amount of fans, the same amount of people coming in. They may have some, you know, pregame festivities and all, but it was still a game. And in the scheme of 162 games, it was minute. Okay. It was just trivial. Now, what is great is <laughs> look at all these series. Now, these series are big. It's big. Now you see people getting excited. You see kids getting excited, especially for the state of Georgia. This is way bigger than, than the All-Star game. Little kids are getting excited. They're, they're, now they got a new team they're going to pull for the rest of their life. You know, people are buying hats or buying memorabilia, souvenirs, and all this kind of stuff. They're coming to Georgia. People are getting excited. And – you know, the whole state's getting excited. Now, does an all-star 
game do that kind of thing, maybe for Atlanta, but this is for the whole state. So I'm really excited about that. And then you look at the flip side of it. You got another state that's kind of been in some political controversies in Texas and you got Houston. So you got two states that I don't know. It's kind of funny to me because we always, uh, you know, quote the baseball gods. You know, we used to always say that uh, the game had a way of sorting things out, you know, that it's hard to control. It just has a way of evening the score, balancing things out. And I'm sitting here thinking as a former player uh, of the game at the highest level that I'm like, man, the game is just kind of really, this is so, just so awesome because the game has just kind of balanced all this stuff out and sorted it out. Now we're back in Georgia, a World Series coming to Georgia. We've already had the other series that have been played here. Uh, Those are games nobody was counting. And, uh, and in Texas at the same time. So <laughs> how ironic um, is <laughs> you add all up that together and two good teams and good for – it's good for the sport, okay? I'm sitting here thinking this is good for baseball. I mean, I'm getting excited about it. Sometimes it's hard to – you know, after playing all these years, it's hard to get me excited, you know, unless I'm out there actually doing it or teaching it. I'm, I, I've got to be doing it or teaching it and part of it and touching it for me to get – really excited but I am getting excited and uh, this is a this is a good thing and even my colleagues on the council and around town everybody's calling me you know I got like 15 text messages who you pulling for I know you're an Astros fan you know whoa Glenn come on man tell me the truth and the mayor took a you know was kidding around me the other night at the council meeting and uh, and and you know the truth of it is the games wins and you got two good teams and I'm, I'm enjoying watching the game. It's just, uh, I'm pulling, I honestly, I can say I'm probably pulling for both teams, but I do have, I want you to know, I want everybody to know I've got connections on both sides. Well, you know, here and here, I mean, I know people, I know, uh, people involved in the organizations and they're good people. And I guess if I could pick two teams, I mean, that would be, what you mm-hmm. got is ideal. So I've got two good, uh, two of my favorite teams out there playing right now. Absolutely, yeah. You've got you know kind of a win-win for you as well. You know, so and and you were talking about playing the game and you you know ten years in the major leagues. I think sixteen total in, in pro ball and some overseas. Um, and you have some postseason experience yourself. I you know I think back you know in the uh, National League Championship Series, nineteen eighty six. I think your best season. You hit a home run um, in the postseason versus uh, the great Dwight Gooden. So mm-hmm. I mean, what's that like for you as a player? I mean, you're you know this is. Uh, what uh you know 30 40 years later and you're watching yeah. these guys you know in these pressure situations so what's that like being there you know you're 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 you know in in the batter's box i mean is that just are you um just so much going on or you just try to calm yourself down and, and be there well um you know when i look at it as a whole again i i really feel fortunate that uh, sometimes i have to pinch myself you know and and ask myself, do I really do it? I mean, I'm sitting here looking at one of the, uh, on my wall here, one of the championship teams that I played for and the guys that signed it. I mean, these guys, all my friends, good, good guys, good teammates. I mean, we were truly, uh, when I played the game, especially in Houston, I don't think uh, when I was there that even in the Meyer leagues, uh, we always won. We always, you know, winning to me is, if you win at one game over 500, you're a winner. Okay. So you're winning, even though you may not be the top team, but you still got a winning record. And we always had winning. We knew how to win the game. We knew how to play the game. We played it right. We played a good pitching. Yeah. We didn't have a lot of power hitting besides myself, but uh, that's kind of changed over the years. And they're not playing in that big carnivorous Astrodome that, uh, that they used to. Uh, it's more of a hitters friendly ballpark now, but, you know, the Astros have always been a good fundamental uh, uh, ball club, and I learned to play the game that way. So I'm, I'm grateful from that standpoint. Um, uh, you know, the, the uh, I, I think where these players are at now uh, and, and understand, look, the game has not changed. You still got to play. They change the game all around you, but the game itself uh, – you know, they've loosened up on some of the golden rules that, uh, you know, that, that you, you have to keep now with, uh, I didn't, I wasn't, I wish, (laughs) 
I wish I knew somebody was going to be there to protect me if, uh, you know, I made a, a significant uh, change in the course of a game because, you know, there was times that I led the league and getting hit by pitches and, <laughs> and, you know, for a long time. And that was, uh, that's not a rec. I had that record for a long time, by the way, until Andres Galarraga, I think tied it and Craig Biggio, but I'm up there in the top and getting hit by most pitches in a single season. You kind of earned that, but it's not fun. And I probably still feel those aches today from, from getting hit, but, you know, preparing day in and day out. Look, those guys are running on adrenaline right now. Both of mm-hmm. these teams are running on adrenaline. I would have to say that the pitchers, it catches up to the pitchers faster than it does the uh, the position players or the hitters. And I know the pitchers, you know, you're going to start seeing uh, you're going to start seeing some breakdowns. You're going to start seeing some change in velocity on pitches, or maybe the breaking balls or the breaking pitches and all speed pitches are not moving as much or, or cutting as much as they did earlier in the year. Uh, I mean, these guys are, are getting tired now. The hitters are still running on adrenaline. So I think they're still going to be, they're kind of catching up now uh, and slowing down a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, one of the biggest things for these players is trying to control that adrenaline. If you're an older player, a veteran player, you've been around, you know that how to deal with that. The younger players, uh, they haven't experienced yet, so they're going through it. The Astros that have a lot of veteran players. I mean, they have a lot of veteran players. They have core players. They got uh, players, guys that have been around each other. They're real good friends. They they got great chemistry. They filled in the, you know, the fringe with with other players. But they've been playing and they've been playing well. They've been here before. They know what it's like. So that's a plus, a plus plus. Um, You've got a team that's very fundamentally sound, good pitching, good hitting. They don't make a lot of mistakes when they go out there and play the game. Now, that's fun to watch. Uh, It really is. Um, And they feel they meet – I mean, when you go across the game, uh, uh, which, you know, really coming into Atlanta, the Astros are still, in my mind, are still – they're still a National League team, okay? Yeah. Uh, They still are. And, you know, they love playing that National League Baseball. A lot of those guys uh, fit that uh, fit that role very good. The Braves now on the other side, um, you know, they've got younger players. They've got a little hodgepodge of mixture. But these guys have kind of grown together and they believe in each other. And they believe that somebody, if I don't do my job today, somebody else is going to pick me up. And they're, they're hanging on to that. It's a different style of game. They've, they've got a couple – key guys that have been there that, uh, that, that, that are steady and, you know, that they can build that lineup around, but they got a lot of position role players that, that are just, um, they're, they're going out there more or less. It looks like and having fun. All right. They're having fun. And they, they're, they're like, nobody thought we would be here. And everybody probably wrote us off, you know, when, when they lost, uh, Acuna, when they lost him and all, I mean, They've had their ups and downs over the year, and here they are in the playoffs, and they're they're just having fun and going out every day. And let's just let's go out there, play 110, percent and see what how we can add it up at the end of the day. That's a different style ball, but they're getting timely hitting. Atlanta's coming back to to their park, and they hit well in the park. So Houston's got their uh, work cut out for them, and uh, they got to keep getting good pitching. But you know, like I said earlier. This time of the year, uh, the pitching starts going first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lot of wear and tear on a player's arms, and it's just hard to – hopefully we don't get any rain. I told somebody today that if we get rain, you never uh, – let's take the Astros, for example. I think they came out the first night, and they looked kind of comatose, you know. They really did, and but they had some time off. And if you have time off, hopefully – you know, I looked – I got up last night. It was rain. I'm like, ooh, that's not good, but if – you know, we get a rain out and they get a day off. That adrenaline kind of wears off, like I said, it, it, and it's hard to get it back. Right now, they're still flowing with that adrenaline, and uh, that's a good thing. But uh, nobody wants to make a mistake. You can't. Everything's magnified. Uh, second baseman, Albies, I mean, second baseman, he, uh, you know, that play he made the other night, people don't realize uh, that one he made second, that, that you know, that, that stabbing, reaching ball that was hit extremely hard. 
that was a big that ball if he wouldn't have got it i mean you're talking about you're not even talking about an inch you know in the game of baseball it's all centimeters i mean whether you're hitting or in the field a centimeter can change the course of the game and if he would have missed that that would have changed the course of that game and that's defense right there so uh, they played good fundamental baseball that night, but that's what they're going to have to keep doing. And the further you get into it, the pressure is yeah. just there to, you know, to not to make the mistakes and play the game like we've been playing and not let up. I mean, that's where that pressure is going to come from. And then making the the other thing you asked me about uh, in these postseason type games is the ability to adjust. That's where your veteran players come in and they tend to have a little bit more, the younger players watch them um, because they know that you got to make the adjustment. Um, For example, a pitcher comes in, he just gets rocked, you know, he gets rocked and it's hard to recover going back into the next series, but he knows he's got to make the adjustment. If he can make that adjustment, put it behind him. You got to put this stuff behind you mentally, put it behind you and start all over where you got a lot of guys in there. You don't know it. Braves lineup, when it comes out, you're like, whoa, you know, this guy could hurt me. This guy could hurt me. This guy could hurt me. I mean, everybody's doing something. And that's so important in the finale, in the final games of these series, because uh, you're not going to get the blowouts. You're not. So you got to get your key people and your core people. I mean, uh doing what they need to do and doing their jobs and helping and contributing. And uh, that's, that's where we're at today. One, one, we're even one, one, <laughs> uh, you know, the Braves came out and were impressive, extremely impressive. Matter of fact, yeah. I'm like, Ooh, the Astros got their work cut out for them because these guys come to play and they were sending a message, especially on the power side. And, uh, and then you got the Astros that came back and uh, they just don't, I, you know, look, I'm going to tell you, I'm an, you know, I'm an Astro. That's how I grew up playing. That's, that's the style of playing. And you never give up. You never quit. You never quit. And we took pride in that, but the Braves are going to have to do the same thing. They don't quit either. Cause they're out there. They're out there having fun. I think it's going to come down to the physical uh, stamina of a lot of these players. If they can, uh, you know, keep this pace up through probably the most grinding part of the last potentially last five games of the year. Yeah. And Glenn, thinking of, speaking of that, you know, physical stamina, you're talking about kind of preparing every day and you haven't been in the major leagues for 10 years. And so Kel, kind of, we talk about fitness on this podcast. So tell me about what's the yeah. difference between when you were in, you know, playing pro baseball and preparing and working out and staying fit versus, you know, you've been out of the game now for 25 years. So do you, you know, does, does some of that fitness, yeah, people want to know, you know, post-baseball, you know, are you still, you know, I mean, obviously maybe not keeping up, working out as much as you were, but do you still, is that carried over to your civilian life? Yeah, another great question. Uh, yeah, I have a motto. Uh, I learned it in Japan when I was playing in Japan because it was really tough. It was fun. It was extremely fun. It's like going back to Little League and playing all over again. And, and I played for the Hunchin Tigers in uh in Japan. And, you know, if you can see all the stuff I've written on there, I write, I wrote a bunch of stuff. I did that because when I had my hat on, right. And times a mental strain was wearing on me and look, these guys are no different. I could take it off. I would take it off and there it is. But there's one right there that says, keep moving, keep moving. And that's really where I'm at now, I understand that. And I tell people that all the time. You got to keep moving. You got to do something. You got to do something. Okay. You just can't sit still. You got to keep moving. I don't care. It's not a sprint. It's not, you don't have to go out and run a marathon. You don't have to go out and, you know, and lift the whole gym. Um, you know, you, you just keep moving, whether it's walking and we're all at a different pace. I'm at a different pace now, a different place in life. I love to eat. Um, and that's a bad thing, but that's almost like my entertainment. <laughs> I'm a foodie. Okay. I'm a foodie. So, um, I, you know, but now I can't, I realize I can't do that. I can't keep doing that, you know, so I've got to cut back on my calories. And we had a, we had a trainer, Dr. Gene Coleman, who uh, was, he was one of the first, he had a doctor's degree in kinesiology, trained the astronauts, but 
the Astros were real, you know, here's another thing you can get to, if you want to ask a question about how progressive these two organizations are, both of them are at the top when it comes to uh, changing the whole game and being on the cutting edge of doing new things, whether it's technology or just, you know, finding new ways to win and to, to compete. And they do it well, but Dr. Gene Coleman was the first one in baseball. The Astros were the first one to bring in, quote, a trainer. And now you see every organization, every team has a trainer, not only one, probably two. They they got routines, their diets. I mean, you go into the locker room now, and, you know, it's amazing at the diets and the stuff that they have up there. We never had all that stuff, vitamins, you know, amino acids, protein, you know, you got somebody working all like you better get your protein shake before you go play all that kind of stuff. We never did that. It was more like getting into coffee, but um, keep moving. you got to keep moving. I cannot look, I, I tell people, people think you just go in the gym and you just start lifting everything. You're going to get in shape. No, you're going to get hurt. You know, oh, I'm think I'm gonna start jogging. You know, no, you go out there and you start jogging, you're gonna wind up starting getting hurt, okay? And then mentally, you get, you, you know, it, it hurts. It's hard to deal with, you know, the mind and everything telling you it hurts. You got to stop, quit. You don't like this. I don't like this. It's not good. I want to go back to the old way. It feels better, and uh, you can't do that. You got to keep moving. So when I played, I had a routine. And my routine was built around functionality of my sport, okay, what I did. So uh, I did the fitness and the cardio and the stamina. I do all that stuff. I knew I had to have that to play 162 games, but I did that in the all season. I knew I had to be, you know, what I did, baseball stop and start, okay? It's stop and start. Uh, it's endurance, but a lot of stop and start. So I had to work on my speed. I had to work on my – you know, uh, quick movement, you know, lateral movement, left, right, being an infielder. I had to work on those things. And then I had to work on the fundamentals of, of uh, hitting and hand-eye coordination and fielding, those kind of things. So I had my routine and I started off with strength, building my muscle strength up. And then I transitioned into functionality into what I, what I needed to do to play every day because it's two different things. Now you ask me what I do now. I mean, I've always been active, uh, extremely active. I mean, I'm an outdoor enthusiast. Uh, you know, I love to get in the outdoors and do things, but I'm always doing something. I do my own yard. Oh, I do my own yard work. You know, I mean, I've done my yard work from day one. I love doing it. It's my stress relief. So I cut my grass and do all that myself, you know, and I still do it. I'll do it until I can't do it anymore, but I like doing that because it just frees my mind up, uh, you know, of all the things that are going on so I can get a new perspective on, you know, on life and daily matters. But I've had to adjust, Jason, and this is extremely important for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I'm older now. I just turned 60, so I'm older now. And I can't lift. I mean, it'd be crazy for me to go in, in the gym and lift heavy weights. I can't do that anymore. I'll break something. You know, I'm going to have to go I get surgery or something and get it fixed. So I do more lightweight, really lightweight, and lots of repetition. Just, you know, you don't have to look like the Hulk, you know? I mean, you just, just keep moving and do something. I play a lot of tennis. I play competitive tennis. So the tennis, you know, allows me to get out there. It's the only thing that I've found that, that puts me back with baseball, you know, a moving, a moving object. Uh, you know, you somewhat are hitting the ball. You're somewhat catching the ball. You know, when I serve, I'm pitching a game. I mean, there's strategy to it. It's the closest thing that I've got that's got me back to the to the clubhouse. So I like doing that, and that's kind of my my endurance side of things. Matter of fact, I just got back from playing in a, a state tournament, a combo state tournament down in Alabama. We won that. We won the state championship. A lot of those guys play here in Columbus, and they're good players. So that was, uh, you know, that kind of competition is no different than playing in the – postseason play to be honest it's it's just as fun and you know gets things going you know stirs things up on the inside just like just like these guys are feeling you know but yeah I can get it in another way and a lot of guys have you know here's what's interesting and in what you're talking about a lot of guys a lot of players have not been able to make that transition out of the major leagues or at a high level playing ball 
when you're doing that day in, day out, and you got that adrenaline rush day in and day out, it's hard. You get out, you're almost, I'm going to tell you, you're almost addicted to adrenaline. You mm. really are. I mean, you, you've been doing it for your whole life. I mean, I've been doing it since when I retired in 97, 98. I mean, I, I was, I didn't miss a year when I was six years old, all the way, you know, until I quit playing, but that adrenaline rush, you're doing and doing, doing, you got to find something to fill that gap. A lot of guys can't, can't do that. A lot of guys can't, you know, deal with the pain, the injuries, the, the, uh, you know, the look, it's, it's, uh, like being in a pressure cooker. I mean, uh, crock pot in the big leagues, uh, cause, it's not all fun and games, you know, especially the business side of it. It's very cutthroat dog eat dog and that stuff can wear on you. And you just, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to cope with it, but um, you know, getting out of the game, it, it took me probably about three years to transition. It always takes, there's a transition period. I built, you know, I came back to Columbus. Uh, well, we already, you know, I mean, we've, we were already living here and raising our children here, but uh, we bought a house. I bought an old house on the market, uh, a fixer upper, and that turned into my project for two years. That was my project. I mean, I built and fixed my, I started as a junior demolition man and graduated as a junior carpenter. You know, I was doing everything. So it helped me make that transition. I don't know how other players do it, but I hear a lot of horror stories out there how guys have a hard time filling that gap. And uh, I think where I've gotten now is that I really just, I enjoy athletics. I enjoy sports. I enjoy, you pick a sport and I could probably make the correlation between baseball, whether it's baseball, football, what I can make the correlation about winning, how to win. It's almost, you have to have the same principles and the same approach, no matter what you do. You know, uh, you have to. And that's what I've come to respect now. Uh, before, it was just, man, it was just day by day to day and just trying to make it. And my job was so intense. You know, I was a run production guy, so there was no time I couldn't breathe. It was either I was the hero or the goat. Yeah. You're either the hero one day or you're the goat one day. They're booing you or they're cheering you. There was no in-between, and that was tough. And, uh uh, you know, that's kind of where these players are at now. So, yeah. and, and outside of baseball, I know it means a lot to you and your family to be able to give back and, you know, a, you know, making the money you were able to, you know, in, at the pro ranks, you know, uh, obviously gives you a platform and it gives you the ability to do things like opening up the Carpenter's Way Ranch for, oh, for yeah. boys, opening up a home for girls. So why, why was that? Why is that so important for, for, for you guys to be able to do that and give back to like either foster or disadvantaged kids and to be able to, you know, like you said, give back post baseball. Yeah. Well, Jason, I really thank you for asking that question. That's uh, you know, I don't go around volunteering that a whole lot, but uh, when people ask me, I tell them, um, you know, I, I just, it's very rewarding to, I kind of look like every, I kind of look at everything we have. It's not mine. Okay. I've been blessed. It's been given to me and I kind of somewhat have the responsibility to make good decisions. So I take that seriously. And, you know, when I was growing up, I, I, there was always somebody there, you know, I'm, I'm working on a book right now and um, I'm trying to get that put together, but, I didn't have the best of childhood, the best childhood. I don't have the best uh, family relationships and, you know, and I haven't had the opportunity to enjoy a lot of relationships that, you know, a lot of other people have been afforded that they should be extremely thankful for. But I have been blessed and there's been, you know, my faith is real important to me and, when I really look at it, I can't help but say somebody was looking out for me. I mean, really, when I go back and add it all up today, it's part of what I'm working on in a book is, is uh, somebody was looking out for me and just along the way because, you know, it so, was so easy that I could just mess it up. I mean, I'm not work. I just mess it up, you know, and um, I didn't make a lot of good decisions when I was younger. But you know what? There was always somebody there, whether it was a coach whether it was a neighbor, a family, somebody that played a significant role in my life. And they were all at different points in times all the way through baseball. And they helped me. Okay. They gave me a helping hand. 
And I wouldn't be where I am today and being able to do a lot of things I'm doing today if it wasn't for them. So I learned that I'm thankful because I learned that lesson about giving back. You know, I have that such a great responsibility to be a role model and to give back and then going into baseball, learning and watching how these kids would look up to you and people look up to you. That was another great responsibility outside the game that, you know, and that's tough to, uh, to, to hold that up in, in high honor, these, especially these days, you know. But um, I told myself I was so grateful and when I could really sit down, stop and smell the roses and reflect that there was somebody there that contributed in my life and helped me and I was so grateful. I said, you know, one of these days, if I ever make it, if I ever make it, I had simple goals. I said, you know, I want to – I want to um, – I want to take care of my family. I want to be able to provide for my family. I'd like to be able to pay for a house. I'd like to be able to, you know, pay for my education, put my kids through school, pay for that. And if I can do all that and maybe have a little in my savings and I'm, you know, I've done a lot and, you know, it's turned out, um, it, it, you know, when I sit down and really think about it, I'm just blown away at, you know, at, at, some of these things that have happened in my life of significance, but I still am so grateful and I'll never forget. I'll go to my grave, you know, and uh, um, when I, when I leave this earth, um, you know, I'm still going to be thinking about these people that helped me. So everything I do now is more along the lines. Uh, I like to help people. Okay, Jason, I like to help people best way I can, include my family. And Carpenter's way to us was a way of giving back. That was I just said, look, if I ever make it, I accomplish those goals I talked to you about earlier. Uh, and then what was I going to do then? And I just felt the strong desire that I have enough. I want to do something for somebody else. And it's my way of giving back. And I believe in that. I believe that you do those kind of things, you're rewarded. I really believe that uh, it's part of my faith that you're rewarded in many ways that you'll never even know. And um, I think I made some good decisions there. I've helped a lot of people, me and my wife and my family. We've been able to just, we've been stewards. Okay. We're stewards. Uh, and we made some good decisions with our blessings and we've helped a lot of people and they, they are going on what's really rewarding at this point in my life. I can't play baseball anymore. All right. That's gone. It's a short period, but some of the most rewarding things now that mean the most is seeing these other people reaching out and helping other people and doing things for other people. You know, they'll pay it, pay it back, you know, move it forward, send it forward, pay it for it. And, you know, what I do now, even in the community with uh, locally here and getting involved in uh, city government and things like that, it's a way for me to give back. That's what I do. I mean, it's my way of giving back to the community. That's the way I was brought up in the game. Uh, you know, I won a couple, I was very uh, honored to win a couple, the Roberto Clemente Award. Uh, uh, there was some uh, Lou Gehrig's Award, uh, Bart Giamatti Award. There was a lot of things that I did. I mean, I didn't know you could get those honors, but, um, you know, I felt like that was a great responsibility in what I had to do at that level is to be a role model because there's so many of these young little, these little eyes, these little bodies and little eyes looking at you, watching everything you do. And they, uh, they mold their lives sometimes after that. And I don't want to, uh, you know, I tell people, you want to know something, Jason? I asked Nolan Ryan one time, uh, I asked Nolan Ryan one time, I saw him out there signing autographs and I'm like, wow, man, this guy's like super. I mean, he's huge, right? He's a hall of famer and he's out there signing autographs, you know, and there must've been like hundred people there and he's just signing. Them. I'm thinking to myself, they didn't want my autograph. They wanted his autograph. Right. I'm thinking to myself, golly, man, that's gotta be, they gotta be bothering him. I mean, he's gotta be tired of this. I mean, look at that guy, you know, I bet, I bet under his breath, he's probably like, gosh, I need to go somewhere else, you know, and this is, this is, this is not good. They, they, they're, they're demanding too much. I sat across the plane going to the next, uh, that road trip, going to the next city. And I reached over and I said, Hey, uh, Nolan, can I ask you a question? And he said, yeah. So why do you stand out there and you, you just sign? I mean, you just keep signing. So he goes, 
he looked at me straight eye to eye and goes, kid, he called me kid. He goes, kid, you better get used to it because it comes with a game. And I'm like, I thought about it. I'm like, what did that mean? <laughs> and then I, it clicked. I'm like the responsibility. I mean, he said, it comes to, you want to play this game? That's another thing that you you got to do. It comes with the territory and you got to do it. And you know what? After that, I took the time outside of going to church or having a family dinner with my family and my wife. Anytime a kid or somebody asked me to sign, I'd sign. And I am so grateful, Jason, that I did that. And it's kind of a word pick, you know, a per word picture that I'm giving you. If I wouldn't have done that, you know, I'm going, these people are coming up to me now, now, and, at, and you know, they're in their thirties and they're going, you remember me? And I'm like, you know, I don't want to embarrass them. So I'm like, oh yeah, I think I do. I think I remember your face, right? And they're like, oh, okay, well, you signed the ball for me. Or you signed this. And I'm thinking to myself, now, wow, what I did back then, uh, the fruits that it's paid today, I would hate to be standing there knowing that I turned some kid down or I did something that changed a kid's life negatively or somebody negatively and they look at me today and just look at me and you know that's so and so sorry piece of life you know and I'm like I couldn't live I don't think I could live with that so when people ask me things that mean a lot to me you know it's not like a home run or stuff. I'm so grateful that I did that because it's so rewarding today it's other things of significance that are so rewarding today that last throughout life baseball was temporary but these other things have uh, lasted throughout life. Yogi Bear told me one time, he says, you better get you, you know, you better enjoy wearing that uniform. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you see your name on there? And I'm like, yeah. He says, you see my name? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, you better enjoy that because they remember your name as long as you uh, wear that uniform. After you take that uniform out, nobody knows your name later on. I'm like, ooh, wow. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> profound, but that's Yogi. I mean, I was Yogi, and, and yeah. he was so right by saying that. So it's the little things you do that add up that when you get later in life, that means so much of significance. Yeah, it's a good slice of humble pie and kind of putting things in perspective. And so I have one last question for you. I know that you've worked in city government, Columbus, Georgia City Council member for uh, 19 years, almost 20 now. And you kind of gave a political answer earlier that you're rooting for both teams. <laughs> So tell me about, um, you have any predictions, uh, for yeah, I have to be diplomatic now, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> do you, do you, I mean, do you think that, I mean, now we're going for the, you know, for the baseball perspective and, and, you know, you're obviously just a couple hours down the road from Truist Park, but, um, you know, do you, with three games now coming up in Atlanta, we talked earlier about how it's, you know, probably unlikely one will win all three, but, um, you, you see that one team having the upper hand right now at one, one. Well, you know, you asked me about, you know, I'm so grateful that the citizens will allow me to serve them. I mean, I take that's, you know, the conversation we just had. I mean, that's so important to me because I take that job serious. I mean, they allow, they allow me to serve them. And I tell everybody, I don't work for the government. I work for you, you know, and my wife always tells me you take that stuff too serious, but I don't know how to do it any other way. I mean, that's how I, I, I take the same approach as just like I played ball. Look, I don't get it right all the time. I'm not apolitical. I don't get it right all the time. And probably some people are like, oh, he's a maverick, you know, sometimes. But and he speaks his mind, but that's okay. I mean, I try hard, all right? And I will be the first to admit, I don't get it right all the time, but I like helping people. I like government or call it politics or whatever. I call it relationships. I like helping people at local level because I don't have to get involved in party politics. All right. That's one big thing. It's nonpartisan and I can just help people, you know, and I don't have a, I tell people I don't have a magic wand, but you know, I don't mind going, my job is to represent you, whether I, I you know, I feel the same way you or our thoughts are the same or not, but you know, I'll go to the plate for you and I'll take three rips. All right. I'll take three rips. I may file it off. I may not hit the ball, but I'll go up there and I'll go to bat for you. All right. And I remember telling uh, the police department that when I came on, they were like, well, what are you going to do for us? And I'm like, well, I can't lie to these guys. You know, I'm not going to be a politician telling them I'm going to do all this stuff. And then they don't do anything. I mean, uh, I didn't know if I could control that or not. So I just told them, 
you know, and it's so true. I'll go to bat for you and I'll take three good rips. Uh, if I hit the ball, I hit it, but I, I will do my best. And now these clubs, um, you've got two teams that are doing their best. I mean, you got two teams that are going to play 110%. Okay, so that's not an issue. You got two teams that are well balanced. I mean, you can make the argument that one has a core of veterans that have been there before. They're solid. They got the chemistry. They play good baseball all the way around their machine, right? Uh, but sometimes I'd take that group of happy-go-lucky guys that are just jelling and having fun and they don't even know what they're doing. A lot of them probably don't even know what they're doing. They're just going out there. It's my, Oh, it's my bat. They go out there and have fun. They're having fun with each other. You can see it. They're relying on each other. They got that little thing they do when they get a hit or get on base, you know, and that's kind of like a signal to the rest of them. We're together. We're, we're like, you know, a band of brothers. That's, that's a form of chemistry. And they've got a couple guys that, you know, that are, are, you know, Freddie Freeman, you look at him and he's the epitome right now. I watch him and I can see, you know, the stability. I mean, you look at him, he's just so calm, cool, and collective. And they need him. They need him. And right now he's playing his role. He's playing his role really, really well. And I think that energy and what he, you know, that 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 charisma coming off of him, that former charisma coming off of him is carrying some of these other players. And then you got those young kids that are just they're just so energetic and full of life and never been there before and just so happy you can feel that energy as well uh last night it was uh you know and they don't give up I mean that's the thing is they don't give up they don't quit um and you know those are tangibles uh value traits and principles in the game that are all ingredients of winning so you've got two solid teams out there I told you earlier it is tough for anybody. I mean, these two teams, uh, you know, you know, flip a coin. I do like the Braves. Uh, you know, you asked me about the Braves. I just like the aspect that they're going into their park and they hit well at their park and you see the ball better. You've seen the ball so much. You take batting practice at your park so much that you're used to that. The Astros got to kind of go in there and make their adjustments where the Braves are like, yeah, we've been here. We know what this is like. So they're ahead there. Uh, can a good pitcher come in and shut that down? Yeah. Uh, good bullpen. Yeah. You saw the bullpen work last night was extremely well for the Astros and they got some timely hits. As uh, so look at Brantley Freeman, you've got a couple guys that, uh, that are really, you know, keeping things going out there. The Astros, if they get hot, let me tell you what, if the Astro hitters, if Bregman gets in there, if Correa gets in there and they start and the other guys start, getting on jumping on the bandwagon it's going to be tough for the uh for the Braves but if the Braves come in with uh Riley and Duvall and I mean they got Rosario I mean they got a lot of guys that can so uh so who wins the series they can hurt you at any time they can hurt you at any time uh yeah. the fans I hope the fans win Jason that's a good uh, that's a good diplomatic answer there you go. really. <laughs> I hope the baseball wins because of what all's happened this year I think the game deserves a win. I see the enthusiasm coming back, which is good for the game. Um, you know, for Georgia fans, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm really, I've got connections to both teams, whether it's in the front office, whether it's at the parks. I mean, I know these guys and, you know, I, I can live with it either way, to be honest with you. I mean, that's, that's the truth. The mayor read me the other night at the council meeting, you know, about the, go Braves, you know, and he was talking about me playing for the Astros and I'm probably, you know, I'm, I'm the outsider kind of guy, but, uh, nah, you know, we hadn't had that conversation and, you know, my grandson is pulling for the Braves. So it's going to be hard for me and my grandson to, you know, to get along during the game. If I don't kind of, you know, show some, uh, show some love for one or the other team. <laughs> well, e well, either way, enjoy watching the rest of the World Series. And Glenn, thank you so much for your, uh, your generosity of time today. Sure, Jason. Enjoy it. Thank you so much. Well, even though uh, Glenn Davis is rooting for, for both teams and then we'll be happy, I guess, maybe either way. Um, but I am definitely rooting for the Atlanta Braves and, uh, 
I'm not sure when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it ahead of Game 3 in Atlanta, or maybe after the Braves have won the World Series, or maybe the Astros have. Um, so um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but it's a, some exciting baseball. Glad to have the fans back in these stadiums, uh, you know, during the kind of the, towards the end of this COVID-19 pandemic as it still continues. Um, so, but just excited about baseball, America's pastime, the fall classic, and uh, just just uh, just excited to have the Braves back in the World Series for the first time since 1999. So it's been 22 years and a fun team to watch. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing them on TV and in person uh, in Hot Atlanta. Now to our final segments of the podcast. You know, we talk about uh, fitness and faith and have some fun on here as well. And uh, so we've got some inspiration for you, like I told you earlier, from Hank Aaron, who uh, Braves fans and just baseball and sports fans in general know well. And also uh, some stuck in my head, a little music uh, dealing with the sport and game of baseball. As promised, uh, here's a little bit of uh, the song that you may or may not know, Center Field. Oh, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. Oh, put me in, coach. I'm ready to play today. Look at me. I can be Center Field. And that song, uh, performed and written by the one and only John Fogarty, uh, released back in March of 1985. This was more than 10 years after he left uh, the famous band Creedence Clearwater Revival. The song was inspired by Fogarty's uh, childhood memories of baseball. And no, he didn't play the game, he said. He loved watching it. Heard a lot of stories as a kid of his father about the legendary New York Yankees center fielder uh, Joe DiMaggio and the center field, center field being the name of the song. And um, Fogarty said uh, about the song, quote, it's about baseball, but it's also a metaphor about getting yourself motivated, about facing the challenge of one thing or another, at least at the beginning of an endeavor, about getting yourself already whatever is necessary for the job. Now, Fogarty actually produced the track, played all the instruments, and a little bit of history for you. When George W. Bush was campaigning for president uh, in back in 2000, he told a reporter that this was actually his favorite song. So some, some great lyrics and kind of thing, and, and just about, you know, put me in coach, uh, ready to play, center field, and uh, it's uh, pretty cool. He gives some uh, kind of tap of, tip of the hat to, to Willie Mays, Ty Cobb, Joe DiMaggio in the, in the song, and... Um, so pretty cool stuff. Uh, if you get a chance to listen to it uh, for real, somebody really good singing it, John Fogarty, not Jason Dennis, give it a, give it a chance. <laughs> and now to our uh, final, final segment, uh, parting gift, some uh, inspiring words from Hank Aaron. He says, in playing ball and in life, a person occasionally gets the opportunity to do something great. When that time comes, only two things matter, being prepared to seize the moment and having the courage to take your best swing. So uh, just be ready because, you know, the time will come for you to an opportunity to, to witness to somebody an open door for a job or to help somebody else out or um, to, you know, to be tested. Uh, be prepared to seize the moment, Hank Aaron says, and then have the courage. Have that bravery to take your best swing. You don't want to go down looking. Uh, you want to go down and uh, fighting and you want to do your best. And uh, at least put the effort in that you tried, uh, even if you, you know, get a strike. If you strike out, uh, you can get back up and do it again. That next at bat, right? So uh, just like, you know, Glenn Davis says that, you know, like he does in city government and in life, uh, he, you know, he's going to he's going to take three three rips for you. And he's going to you know, do his best and, and swing hard and, and, and do his best for others and, and for himself and for his family as well. Now to our uh, closing prayer for this uh, Run the Race podcast. Dear God, uh, just thank you for um, you know, this opportunity to just talk about you and to talk about fitness and faith and baseball, all kinds of things. God, that somebody hears this and uh, that they're inspired by it. And uh, God, you inspire us uh, for what you do for us every single day, for dying on the cross for us, and uh, just for uh, giving us the opportunity to uh, um, just uh, to, to honor a game that we love, that, that you help create, and giving people the talents and gifts to play it. And uh, God, we just uh, thank you so much for, for uh, all you give us and keep our families healthy 
and uh, help them, you know, uh, so much right now. We, we pray specifically for, for, for my family and for all those that are listening right now. In your name we pray. Amen. Again, uh, thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, uh, like we've said before, the previous 84 episodes of this podcast, you can always listen to by subscribing on Apple or Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify, or you can find them all also on WTVM.com slash podcast. Uh, I think one of the next episodes will be a, uh, a runner uh, that has done, you know, more than 500 marathons. And so uh, you'll want to hear from him and and also going to get my recap. I think I promised you that recently, but I did run the um, San Diego Marathon out in California uh, just a few days ago, less than a week ago. And, it's, you know, surprising thing happened there. I ended up running about five or so more miles. Now, on the next episode, I'll tell you why and um, how it all went there, and, uh, and how actually I watched a, a running movie for the first time, Chariots of Fire. Uh, I got some inspiration from that as well. So uh, you'll hear that on uh, hopefully the next episode of Run the Race. And so I uh, hope you enjoy uh, running your race. Uh, so until next time, have a good one, and go Braves. <laughs>